Welcome to a special edition of the Club Leadership Podcast with Jim Weidman, the original podcast for next gen and Kidman leaders. On this episode, Jim is sharing one of the club classics. Now, here's Jim. And this month, our topic is Should I Stay or Should I Go? You know, eight words really rocked my world back in 1973. I was minding my own business, selling drugs to my high school, when all of a sudden this guy walked up to me and said, God has a wonderful plan for your life. And do you know those same eight words still rock my world today in 2007? And it's great to know that God really does have a wonderful plan for every single one of us. And I want you to understand something. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And God has great things in store for the people that he calls and those that he calls he equips and I want you to understand something if you have a calling on your life God has some wonderful plans in store for you he hadn't forgotten about you your best days are ahead of you and there's a wonderful plan for your life now it's real important that we understand the call that's on our life and I believe that when we read the scriptures and we look at the Bible there's really just two kind of folks that were in ministry there were those that were head folks and then those who were helpers. And I want you to see that those that are in charge of something, those pastors, those prophets, uh, the ones that are in charge of something, those guys definitely were called to a particular people group. They were called to a particular place. Uh, They were called to a, a specific group. But when it comes to helpers, they weren't called to a particular Uh, group of people or a particular church, they were called to help a man. And that's something that uh, I believe is important. You're going to have to ask yourself, uh, is this something, uh, what is the call that's on my life? If if it's the call to uh, pastor and uh, to to have your own church, then I encourage you to do that. Uh, If you're called to help somebody else, then you need to help them. I know this, that if you're faithful in that which is another man's, God will give you that that's your own. It might take 30 years like it did for me. But at the same time, I want you to see something. You have to understand your calling. Now, there's just three types of children's ministers that I know. Uh, There's, first of all, those who want to find a place of ministry. And, you know, finding a, a position is not hard. But finding the right position is a little harder because there's more than just getting a job. It's important that you realize because we're called to help a man, there has to be a right fit. There has to be someone that in children's ministry that you want to help see their vision come to pass, and there has to be someone that has confidence in you, someone that you have confidence in their leadership, and so finding the right position is a little bit harder. There's also those who want to leave where they are. It seems like every place I go, somebody asks, do you know anybody that's looking for a children's pastor? And, and uh, you know, we're going to be talking about some of the reasons why people leave and uh, some of those things uh, in just a minute, but uh, really, sometimes it's harder than you think to leave. I know um, for me, uh, this was something that was really hard. I, I didn't even want to think about leaving uh Pastor George and Church on the Move. I mean, this was my dream job. This was the most wonderful job in the whole wide world. And it was really hard. And it was something that if I hadn't had pastors help in this, uh, 
just talking to me about something that, uh, you know, the Lord had put on his heart and showed him. And when we started talking about it, I kind of saw, hey, what that word that God dropped in my heart, that wasn't just for this church. That was uh, for my next stage of ministry. And so I want you to see that sometimes making a move is harder uh, than you think. There's, it's almost like you put on blinders and it can be right there. You can be so close to the forest that you can't see the trees. Uh, but the third type of person that I see in children's ministry are those that are trying hard to stay where they are. Now, I want you to understand something. There's a difference between holding on for dear life and being in the center of God's will for your life. Being in the center of God's will isn't real hard. It's not hard. You know, when I was talking to pastor about making this move, uh, the peace of God was all over me, something that I dreaded uh, discussing or, or going there or talking about. But the peace of God was there. And so there's a difference in just holding on and, 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 and trying to hang on for all that you're worth uh, and being in the center of God's will. And I want you to understand something. You might feel like that you've kind of jumped out of an airplane and you hadn't landed where exactly where you're going yet. But I want you to understand something. You don't jump out of an airplane for the landing. You jump out of the airplane to enjoy the ride down. And no matter what you're doing in life, I can't imagine not having fun. I had the privilege of going to see Les Paul the other day. He's 92 years old, and he's still playing. This guy invented multi-track recording. His name has been on hundreds of thousands of guitars where he gets royalty every time his name is right there on that guitar. He's been having his name on a guitar since the 50s. And, uh, you know, he's a billionaire. He doesn't need the money. But you know what? He was playing because he loved it. And he still had that Monday night gig, and he was enjoying it. And I can't imagine doing something and not enjoying it. And it's important that uh, you enjoy the ride. Now, I want us to look for just a little bit about why people leave where they are. Some of the reasons I'm going to give you are positive. Some of them are negative. And it really doesn't matter if it's positive or negative. Reason's a reason. And so we're going to look at some of those and uh, talk about them. Uh, the first thing you'll see in your notes is lack of vision. Now, this can be on the part of the person. It can also be a part of the church. I remember one time, very first church that I worked at, I was just so excited about all the things God had been doing. Our children's ministry had grown from seven kids to, to uh, over 350 kids. And, you know, I just felt like God was just speaking to my heart that, that you know, he had not— um, you know, we just hadn't scratched the surface of what God wanted to do for kids in this particular church and city. And I asked my pastor if he had a minute, I'd like to talk to him when he got a minute. And he said, well, Jim, I want to talk to you, too. So um, we were walking around the church and kind of looking at some of the plans that he had for the church and talking about that. And he said, Jim, what did you want to talk to me about? And I said, well, you go first. And he began to talk to me about how that... Um, he felt like that I was spending too much time in children's ministry and that he kind of wanted me to take the church and take his place. And if I wouldn't spend as much time in children's ministry and uh, start working more with adults, then maybe someday I could take over the church. And he told me, he said, Jim, I never really wanted the, church, the children's ministry to get as big as it is right now. And, uh, you know, as he started saying that, that was totally different than the vision that I had uh, that I felt like that God had placed in my heart to help him. And since I was there to help him, and that wasn't what he wanted, he asked me, he said, Jim, what did you want to talk to me about? And I said, well, I think I'm going to be leaving soon. 
And uh, and so I just began to tell him that I thought I was in the wrong place and he needed somebody with that uh, that could help him in the vision that he was in. So lack of vision, it can be on either part. The second thing is frustration or burnout. Now, I believe with all my heart that burnout doesn't come from doing too much. It comes out, it happens when you're not following uh, the way that you should, not from doing too much. And again, it's important that we watch out for frustration. We watch out for things and that uh, could cause uh, us to, uh, to be negative and a reason why we'd want to leave. A third thing, reason why I've seen people leave is moral and ethic failure. And this can happen on the part of the church. It can also happen on the part of an individual. I worked at a church one time that was asking people to uh, mortgage their home and uh, donate the money to the church uh, from their equity and uh, let the church borrow that. And, and the pastor was telling the people there was no way that they could lose their home. But then in staff meeting, he told us that that was not true, that they could, and swore us to secrecy. Well, I uh, had a meeting with the pastor, and I went ahead and resigned uh, the church because for ethical reasons, I couldn't be a part of that. Uh, sometimes people make really stupid choices, and they make decisions that cause them to be out of ministry for a while. The fourth reason why I think people leave is a lack of effectiveness or ability. There's some sort of failure. Uh, and it's important that we understand that God wants our abilities to increase. God wants us to be effective. And it's not enough just to hang on and do the job and go through the motions of doing things. It's important that we do it with success. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. But the fifth reason why I've seen people leave is not willing to change. You know, we can get in trouble when we're stubborn. And it's important that we always need to look for better ways to do the things we do. The sixth reason why people leave, a loss of trust or confidence. You know, when a leader doesn't have confidence in you um, and, and you can tell that, you might as well go ahead and resign. Um, it's important that you realize that you're only going to be as strong as the confidence that your leader has within you. And so anytime there's a loss of trust uh, or a loss of confidence, it might be something you did. It might be something that you didn't do at all. Uh, it might be just something that happened because of some changes going on in the church. But it's important that you realize that this is uh, a, a reason that can cause a change to happen. Uh, the seventh reason why I've seen people leave is the church outgrows you. Uh, the eighth reason is you outgrow the position of the church, and I've seen that work on uh, either time. Sometimes uh, I follow the guy. Uh, at Church on the Move, that really the ministry had outgrown them. And uh, we um, had to make some changes, and so uh, that's something that happens either way. The ninth reason why I've seen people leave is some sort of conflict. And, you know, conflict happens. And you can't really control what happens in the way conflict goes down, but you can control how you react to it. And you can do that uh, with uh, using... Uh, good morals. You can use that uh, in all honesty and, and trying to uh, do things ethically. And it's important that uh, we realize that sometimes conflict happens and, and it results in a change. The tenth reason why I've seen 
people leave is it's just time to go. And this is a positive thing. Uh, you've completed the task or you've been faithful in what you've been asked to do, and it's just time to go. Now, I've also seen some things that uh, cause change that are really kind of neutral or mutual. And uh, maybe there's been a change of philosophy, maybe a change in the way you look at things or the way that the church looks at things. And you just, uh, this is something that you and the pastor just agree that uh, maybe it's time uh, for change. Uh, maybe there's a new assignment or, pr or a promotion that you're moved to another part of the ministry or another thing. There's nothing wrong with, with hitting it out of the park and doing a good job and being caused to ask to look over another area. Um, but also, I want you to see that when you're faithful in that which is another man's, God is going to give you that that is your own. And uh, that can be something that's just as 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 neutral or, or uh, it's not a bad thing for the church. It's not a bad thing for you. It's a good thing for both. And I want you to understand something. God doesn't do something to hurt one and help another. He, he believes in mutual benefit, and he's a God of mutual benefit. And if this is God for the individual or God for corporate, it's also going to be God for the individual. And, and it works both ways, and it's important that we understand that. Now, how you leave is as critical as why. We're going to kind of shift gears from talking about why and talking about how. And, you know, I believe with all my heart that it's important that you go on time. You know, I wish I could say that I've hit it all the time and knew exactly when I was supposed to leave. I have hit it in some places. Others, uh, I probably outstayed my welcome uh, and should have left a little earlier. And the perfect thing is don't be early or late. Wait till you've been released and always follow peace. And uh, that's something that um, I want to encourage you in. The other thing that I, I do know is a blessing, and that is to go quickly. Now, a lot of times people ask, how long is the right amount? And, you know, really that has to do with the leader and the church that you work at. Some people feel like a month is, is, is not very long at all. Others, a month is too long. And so uh, you need to ask your leader how much time they would like for you to allow in the transition. Maybe they ask for a month. Maybe they ask for two weeks. Weeks. Maybe it's immediate. And that's not a negative thing either because I want you to see that, uh, you know, there's no reason to drag things out. If you've been released, if the church knows that, that this is what you need to do, then go ahead and uh, make the change quicker. Now, I believe the faster the better. And if you've been released by God, it's over. So just leave. Now, I know you say, well, what about the kids? Listen, that's not your responsibility. What about the workers? That's not your responsibility. God's going to take care of them. God's not going to do something to hurt one group and bless another, like I said a minute ago. And so, uh, again, go quickly. The third thing I want you to see about um, how is go with your mouth shut. Listen, don't contact church people. Let the pastor tell others how he wants it told. Don't fellowship with people that you've never fellowshiped uh, with after you resign. You know, there's going to be all kind of people once you resign that call and want to eat lunch with you or want to hang out with you. And my, my rule of thumb at every church that I've ever left, of the four that I worked at, is if I didn't fellowship with you beforehand, I didn't fellowship with you afterwards. I'm not going to uh, just hang out with people that won't scoop and uh, want to find out why did you really leave. Well, for why I say it. Uh, and so again, go with your mouth shut. And don't talk about things. You know, uh, in the 17 years that I worked at Church on the Move, uh, 
all I can think about is the good things that happened. Man, there were so many great things that happened in our church. Sure, there was some things that weren't as pleasant. There were some, some situations and things that we had to work through. Some times that I really blew it, and I needed correction. But I don't think about those times. I think about the good times, and I go with my mouth shut, okay? Be positive. If you're going to leave, be positive. Don't just look at things as half empty. Look at them as half full. And so be positive in everything that you're doing. Always leave in a way that you could come back for a visit or if you could attend church uh, there, no matter what's going on. You know, when I left my very first church, Jackson, um, the pastor told me that he never really wanted the children's ministry to get that large. And I told you that story. But you know what? I still had a wonderful relationship with that pastor, and I was able to come back and be with him. Uh, when I went to Birmingham, there was some uh, compromise and integrity, and there's also some cutbacks and things that were going on in the ministry and, and all kind of problems and things that were going on. And uh, you know what? It was important that, uh, you know, it wasn't my job to talk about what was going on at the church. It was my job. I knew that God had, had uh, told me to resign. I resigned, and I left. Uh, in Montgomery, my pastor left, and, and it was kind of wild uh, that when I left there, I went in to resign, and my pastor said, hey, could I resign first? And so I had to sit on my resignation for two weeks while he put his two weeks in. And uh, when I left Tulsa, uh, it was a wonderful thing because I've started my own ministry, and it wasn't uh, for any kind of negative reason that I left. Uh, it's just time to start my own ministry. But every one of these have been different. And how I left and, and the timing was all different. Why? Because the people that I worked for were different and the situations were different. And uh, you need to be sensitive and not say, well, this is the way we always do it. Uh, because you're there to serve, you need to cater to your pastor and cater to your church and uh, leave in a right way. Uh, I believe with all my heart that that uh, we need to leave in a way that you could come back and work. Always walk in integrity. Leave right. Point loyalties to the leadership, not to yourself. And when you come back, man, listen, I, don't, I, I have made it a point. I am not going to walk through the children's ministry at Church on the Move for at least a year. I just don't think that's right. I don't think I need to go over there and talk to my workers. Those are not my workers anymore. They uh, are workers at the church. That's how I made those relationships. I just want to go and receive from my pastor and enjoy the friendships and the people that I have. And it's important that when you do come for a visit uh, that uh, and you do come back, that you come back right. I believe it's important, too, that when you're looking at... Um, leaving uh, whenever possible, you need to leave the children's ministry in better shape than how you found it. I believe with all my heart that there's no success without a successor. And also, you're only as effective as your team. And one of the best things that you can do to, um, to leave a ministry in great shape and in better shape than what you find it is to leave a team in place that is faithful to the vision of the house and not just to you. Now, when you leave, leave. Don't call the workers. If you had special friendships, be a friend, but don't discuss church stuff. Don't go back and visit unless you're invited by the pastor or have his permission to attend. Don't allow workers or staff to call you and talk about the church. I don't think there's anything wrong with calling and checking on folks, seeing how they're doing, or telling them something that... that um, 
you share or talk about on a regular basis, but don't talk about church stuff. Listen, let God defend you. If people are talking bad about you, you don't have to defend yourself. Just let God defend you. Don't call workers. And uh, again, uh, the scripture tells you that you don't have to state your case to other people. Uh, Again, God keeps score of all those things. And uh, it's important that you hang on to the scripture. You think God's thoughts about things. And again, you can't control what others do, but you can control your attitude and your reactions and choices and make good ones and make sure that they line up with the word of God. Now, what do you do when you sense a change might be taking place in your life? I believe the first thing is listen to the right voice. You know, one of the things that I like to say to myself from the Word is that I'm the Lord's. He's my shepherd. I hear his voice, the voice of a stranger I won't hear. And that's one of the things that I think is real important. You need to ask God to remove any blinders that are in your life. And you need to seek God. This is what I know. If you ask, you'll find. And uh, if you seek or if you knock, the door will be open. If you seek, you'll find. And so it's important that you uh, make uh, requests to the Lord and that you listen to the right voice. And I believe you will hear the voice of God and you'll do the right thing. Remain faithful to the vision of the house. If you are sensing a change, there's no reason to pull away. Remember, it's what you're doing now, not what you've done in the past that really matters. Stay faithful in small things always. Handle things as well as you can. Allow your gifts to make room for you. Uh, If your gifts are not needed, uh, then God's got another place that he's calling for those gifts. And that's that's what's so cool about the body of Christ. Uh, Listen, if if there's not a place for you right here, God's got a place for you. And uh, he really does have a wonderful plan for your life. Uh, Listen, if if you sense there's something going on, don't talk uh, to others. Talk to God. Make it a matter of prayer. Now, listen. Don't go looking for greener pastures. Wait on a release. Uh, I believe with all my heart that that uh, uh, God sends us where he wants us to go. And uh, you don't have to, to be looking. God will, will uh, send the right place at the right time through the right source. But uh, if, if, you might, if you think there might be some sort of change, just wait on God. He'll show you the next step and show you that clear. Don't get in fear. Man, I've really messed up every time that I've ever gotten in fear. And fear is faith in reverse. And I've had to repent so many times because uh, making a mess and, get, and, and getting in fear always makes a mess and, cho- and, and helps us make wrong choices. And so in all this, don't be afraid. God's got wonderful plans for your life. And uh, although it might be something different, although it might be something that you've never done or you've, or it's a whole new adventure for you, don't be in fear, be in faith. Remember also that when you sense a change might be taking place, remember that God's in control and uh, he knows exactly where you are. He knows where you live. He knows how to find you. He knows how to get in touch with you. Listen, he promised he would never leave you or forsake you, and you don't need to forget that. If it's time to go and you realize that, then never look back. Keep 
looking forward. And like I said a minute ago, always remember that God operates by the law of mutual benefit. He's not going to do something that's best for the church. If the pastor tells you, I really think this is best for the church, then it's best for you as well, because that's how God works. He is the king of mutual benefit. Now, if God says stay, then I also believe it's real important that you stay put. And uh, you have to remember how to stay put. Sometimes there's been times when I've said, Lord, are you, are, you, are you wanting me to leave? And the Lord says, no, it's not time to go yet. So what do I do? Uh, listen, it's important that you have a current vision and you keep that vision fresh. If you're going to stay somewhere, you've got to stay with fresh vision. You can't just do the things you've always done. You've got to remember to keep your vision fresh. You've also got to keep yourself refreshed, refreshed in the Lord. You know, it, it blows me away how children's guys don't go to church. And I don't know how you can keep an up-to-date relationship with the Lord and not go to church and not feed your spirit. Again, ministry is like a checkbook. It's spending. And I don't care how much you enjoy it, you have to make deposits. So you need to stay refreshed in the Lord. You need to enjoy your family. You need to take your time off. You need to make time for hobbies and other stress relievers and in your life. And you need to make time to pray. This is what I know. When I draw close to God, He will draw close to me. And again, uh, He will... Uh, refresh us as we draw close to him. Keep your heart and your life pure. Now, I shouldn't have to say this to people in ministry, but it's important that we flee from ungodliness and evil. You need to guard your attitude. You need to take every thought captive and make sure that you're lining up every thought with the Word of God. And that's the only way to keep your heart and your life pure. And that's the only way I know to stay put somewhere is uh, keeping that heart and life where it needs to be. Now, keep changing. Try something new. I say this all the time, probably every month. But I say same actions bring same results. And I don't know why we think that if we just keep doing the same old things we've always done, one day we're going to have a breakthrough and it's going to uh, all of a sudden we're going to get some different results from doing the same actions. But it's not true. You've always got to keep changing and try something new. Even if it's something's worked before, it always works. Just tweak it and make it better and change something, make something new. But you've got to keep changing and try something new if you're going to go to another place. Network. Know what other people are doing and what works for them. You might not do any of that stuff, but just find out what they're up to and what they're doing. And if there's a good idea, then you need to borrow it. And I call that selective creativity. I'm highly selective whose ideas I rip off. Uh, again, don't ride a dead horse. Uh, if, if something's not working, spending more money, going to a seminar on effective ways to ride a dead horse is not going to make a difference. Just quit riding the dead horse and go on and do something else. Don't be sucked in by religious traditions, okay? Um, stay tuned in and up to date with what's going on in ministry. You need to be uh, relevant and, and look at what's happening with kids today and the things that they are facing and the challenges that are going on today. And we need to make sure that our ministry is always changing and keeping up with today's kids. Be teachable. Always be on the lookout to learn something. I can learn something every day if I want to. And so it's important that we do that. Uh, also, 
one of the things that you've stopped doing that were effective? You know, sometimes we just stop something and we don't really, you know, I don't know why we stop it because it was working, it was effective, but all of a sudden we quit doing certain things and, and I believe it's important that we dance with the girl that brought us to the dance. Things that, that, uh, that maybe we've stopped doing that uh, we need to go back and do. We need to look at things and keep changing and uh, always uh, having our ministry evolve. That word evolution, you know, we kind of run from it, but uh, things evolving is not a bad thing. Uh, and so, again, we need to look at that. Stay hooked up with your pastor or your supervisor. Again, be a team player. Be loyal and have integrity. Let your pastor see you receiving from him. And Again, it's important that we stay hooked up with those in leadership. If you need help, ask for it. Don't be afraid to say, I'm over my head. Keep your abilities, uh, uh, know your abilities as well as your weaknesses. Staff your weak spots, enlarge your abilities and the abilities of those that you lead. And again, if you need help, ask for it. Another way to stay is to keep a servant's heart and be on the lookout for pride. Anytime pride shows up, realize that pride's going to cause you to fall. And so watch out for that and keep a servant's heart. I've said this before. I'll say it again. You gain those you serve. If you're supposed to stay, then get leaving out of your mind. Drop it out of your vocabulary. Don't think about it. If you know you've heard from God and he's told you to stay, then stay put. And the last thing that I want you to realize about uh, how to stay put is expect the blessings of God. You know, you ought to have faith. I, I can't, you know, wouldn't it be crazy if somebody went down to the bank, start a business, and they told the person, you know, we're, I'm really just a small business. I don't think I'm going to be very effective. While I'm here filling out the forms for this checkbook, uh, can I go ahead and have the bankruptcy papers? No, you wouldn't dare do that. You would, you would be excited. You'd have some faith. You'd expect the blessing to be on what you do. And you need to do the same thing in ministry. Expect victory. Expect promotion. Uh, again, obedience has rewards. And so I believe with all my heart as we look at what God has called us to do and where he's called us to do it and we really consider, Lord, what have you called me to do? Uh, I believe that God will show you exactly what to do. Now, something that I've done just a little bit different in this month's lesson, I've include, included a little survey. And I think that this is just a worksheet that I came up with to help you in uh, kind of looking at uh, God's plan uh, for your life and helping you to be able to look at this on paper and uh, put some instructions on here. And, uh, you know, if you're married, this is something that you need to do uh, with your spouse and look over these things together and you guys be objective. But uh, the first question here is what has God called you to do? Big picture. Write that down uh, and, and look at that. Um, you might want to ask yourself, you know, am I doing any of that right now? Um, you know, what's keeping me from doing those things? But again, what has God called you to do? At what level do you think you've been called to minister? And you might want to check any of those things that you are and, and uh, remember that as you take this survey. Uh, are you ministering now at the level that God called you to do? If no, what do you need to do to get at that level, to grow to that level, to increase your abilities to be at that level? If you are, then you want to make sure that, that um, 
you're doing all that you can and you're not overlooking something that you need to be doing. And again, if no, uh, you might want to look at all the factors that are keeping you from ministering at that level. Maybe you're lacking in leadership abilities to perform at that level, or you're lacking in ministry skills and abilities to perform at that level. Uh, you're lacking in biblical knowledge to minister at that level. You've outgrown the vision of the pastor where you are presently, or there might be another reason. But again, you need to look at all these things. And after looking at those things, uh, then you need to identify factors that are keeping you from ministering at the level that God has called you to. And you need to come up with steps that you feel that you should take to move to that level. Now, again, God leads us in steps. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. So this is just something to help you write some of these things out to uh, kind of take inventory of where you are. Does your spouse agree with your answers uh, to these first five questions. And this is something that uh, if you say no, then you guys need to talk it out till you come to agreement to uh, where you are in these things. Do you believe in your pastor's ability to hear the voice of God? Uh, again, do you agree with your pastor's vision for the church? Number 10, do you agree with your pastor's vision for children's ministry? And I believe that, uh, again, that if you answered uh, no to any of those, it's my opinion uh, that you probably need to seriously look at finding a pastor that you can believe in with all your heart. Because again, I believe that as a helper, God has called us to serve a pastor. And uh, it's important that we realize that. Now, do you feel tired or burned out? Then if the answer is yes, then you need to uh, get untired and you need to quit being burned out. Uh, are you overwhelmed in your present situation? Again, all over, all it means to be overwhelmed is uh, to lose the ability to break something big into small pieces. When you come face-to-face uh, -face in life with a dead elephant, it's not time to freak out. It's time to get a chainsaw. And so you're going to have to break that down into small pieces so you can move it, and um, uh, that's going to help you to keep from being overwhelmed. If yes, if you answered yes, what areas do you feel overwhelmed and you need to develop a plan to break that down into small pieces? Are you frustrated with your present situation? If yes, then you need to list all the causes to frustration. I learned years ago, uh, Pastor Willie told us if we make a list of all the reasons why people don't do something and we do away with those reasons, then they'll have to do it. And so if we list all the areas of frustration and make a list of why we're frustrated, and do away with that frustration, then frustration will have to go. Uh, have you developed a, neg a negative or a wrong attitude about your pastor or other leadership? If yes, you need to fix it. Have you developed a negative or wrong attitude about your staff or volunteer workers or other church leadership? Have you developed a negative or wrong attitude about ministry in general? And have you allowed hurt or bitterness to affect your attitude? Are you listening to someone who has affected your attitude in a negative way? Are you uh, spiritually refreshed at these times? These are all things that you've got to take inventory and see if this could be causing the problem. Are you praying as much as you ever had? You know, I believe that if there's ever been a time in your life that you have a closer relationship with God and you're praying more uh, at another time than you are right now, you need to fix that. You need to have an up-to-date relationship with the Lord, and you're the only one that can do that. 
Do you have unconfessed sin in your life or moral failure that is affecting your judgment? Now, I believe if you ask, uh, answer yes to any of the questions, 11 through 20, and also uh, question 23 here, it's my opinion uh, that you're the problem. These are things that you need to fix and go on. Do you feel you're effective where you are? Is it the general consens- uh, consensus of the congregation that your ministry is effective? Does your pastor feel you're effective in ministry? Does your pastor have complete confidence in your abilities to build your area of ministry and lead it to the next level? Again, in uh, questions 26 or 27, if uh, it's my opinion, if you answered no, then uh, you might want to consider leaving where you are. Uh, number 28, do you feel you have become stubborn? And things need to be done your way only. Okay? Maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. But if you're stubborn, uh, you need to fix that. Uh, Do you feel you know better than the pastor how things should be done in the church, especially in children's ministry? This might be another indication of a bad attitude. Uh, Has there been a major change at the church that you don't agree with? Again, the Bible's real plain. Two can't walk together unless they're in agreement. Has there been a change in the pastor or the leadership in the church? And again, it's real hard to work for somebody that's not there anymore. And if you were brought on to serve and help, he's your shepherd. You hear his voice, the voice of a stranger you won't hear. And as you seek him and look at exactly where he's called you to be, I believe we can be in the middle of God's will always and know what he's called us to do. You know, I'm so thrilled that um, you joined me this month. And, and I want to say this. I am so glad that I worked at all four churches that I worked at. Uh, you know, I left under different situations in every single one of them, but I know that it was God's will that I go there. Those wonderful pastors that I served, man, they put some things in me that will always make a difference. I'm so thankful for the things that all four of them put into me. And I wouldn't be the person that I am today. I wouldn't be the husband. I wouldn't be the father. I wouldn't be the man of God. I wouldn't be the minister that I am if it weren't for those wonderful four men. And I'm so thankful that I was there. I was thankful that I came to every church, but I'm also thankful that God moved me to the next place that he had for me. And God has a wonderful plan for your life. Thanks for listening to the Club Leadership Podcast with Jim Weidman. To continue the conversation online, go to KidmanCoach.com and click on the club group. For more information about Jim, his blog, books, and resources, as well as his infused coaching program, go to JimWeidman.com. At Jim Weidman Ministries, we're committed to building strong leaders.